Hello and welcome to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today we will be looking at the episode Door Jammed. So the episode starts off with Mrs. Twombly bidding on a doorknob in an online auction. She is sweet-talking the heck out of this doorknob. She, like, really, really wants it, because she's crazy about doorknobs. So, uh, when she goes to bid on it, she thinks she's won, but she actually gets outbid at the last possible second. She wants to know who, and finds out that the winner of Mrs. Twombly's coveted doorknob is none other than her business rival, Fisher Biscuit. And to this news, she yells really loudly. So, in the day camp area, Vinny and Sunil are watching a werewolf movie, and when they hear Mrs. Twombly's scream, they believe that it's a werewolf. And, um, this is gonna be fun. So then, uh, when we cut back to Twombly, was very upset about losing a doorknob that she spent years tracking down. She then is at least thankful that Fisher, of all people, has it because even though he's her business rival, he's rich and can take care of the doorknob like she believes it deserves to be taken care of as. She then fantasizes about the protection it would get like it would get like helicopters like like people like with headsets and like it being in a safe and we also find that uh the doorknob is called the doorknob that opened the door to a thousand hearts which is an impressive title but i mean to be fair it could also have been made up by Mrs. Twombly, but I I doubt that. I doubt Mrs. Twombly would lie about doorknobs. Like, she's so into doorknobs. I don't... Why would she feel the need to lie about it? So... I am curious about what the door to a thousand hearts is now. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, dang it, no. No, 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 no. No, we are not complicating this any further. <laughs> but one must. One must. Uh, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense what I was thinking. But... Hold on, I need to compose myself. Okay, after thinking it over, my idea is possible, but maybe a little unlikely. Also, I'm going to explain my idea, and if this is your first episode of the Littlest Petcast, then I feel incredibly sorry for you because of this and something we'll talk about later but for now let's explain what i was thinking so the doorknob that opened the door to a thousand hearts is actually 
a charm for a keyblade that is used to unleash Kingdom Hearts. I think the door to a thousand hearts could be the door to Kingdom Hearts. And like I was thinking why isn't it activated but it's just the charm and to have it activated you both need the keyblade and the charm because in kingdom hearts one Kyrie had the charm for the oath keeper but since she didn't have a keyblade ability yet uh it didn't manifest until she gave it to sora and uh yeah yeah so so yeah let, let's make kingdom hearts even more complicated that's 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 fun kingdom hearts was not complicated enough let's add this layer to it fun <laughs> also to be fair we already know this takes place in the same universe as the marvel universe because of everyone with mutant powers and the Phineas and Ferb universe, because we know Alka is hiding in plain sight in this universe. And hey, Phineas and Ferb and the Marvel universe are in the same universe as well, because of Mission Marvel. So, I don't know, it's surrounded by Disney properties. So, it's not too far of a stretch to say that there's Kingdom Hearts in there as well. I thought this wasn't going to happen this episode. I always manage to surprise myself though. Anyway, um, when when we go back to the pet shop, Mrs. Twombly wishes the doorknob to be safe. So then uh, we cut to the street where Blythe is on the phone with young me when the Biscuits limo pass her by. Um, Fisher lets Whitney and Brittany out so that they can pass out flyers to his open house or else they won't get their allowance. And, like, the Biscuits are complaining because that's, you know, work and they don't want to do work. So the Biscuits see Blythe and Blythe tries to run off but they teleport to her and... I just want to note this. Like, it's not odd that they teleport. I'm just saying they teleport in this episode. This will be useful information in the future. And again, I am sorry to everyone whose episode of the Lil's Pet Cast is the first episode is this. You will be completely lost. Anyway, so they then accuse Blythe of pretending to have friends and hang up the phone call and then dump all of the flyers onto Blythe so that she can give them out instead of them. And Blythe is super mad at this because, like, they're, they're, again, the most evil. Anyway, uh, Blythe goes to work at the Little's Pet Shop with the flyers, 
And then uh, Mrs. Tomley asks what she has, and Blythe explains her about the open house that Fisher Biscuit is having. Uh, Mrs. Twombly curses Fisher Biscuit under her breath, and Blythe asks if that was anything. Mrs. Twombly says no, and Blythe informs uh, Mrs. T further about the open house event, and uh, Mrs. Twombly gets very mad and knocks on the counter. Blythe is shocked by this uh, aggressive display and says, Ah, so out of character! Which, I mean, at least they notice? I mean, at least they notice this time, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Mrs. Twombly uh, expresses interest in going, and Blythe says that one of these things should work since they have, like, about 2,000 or so of them. And uh, Mrs. Tomley says she thinks the centerpiece of the thing is the doorknob. (laughs) Blythe isn't so sure, but Tomley is very sure and is over the moon about seeing the doorknob, even if she can't possess it. So Blythe has no real interest in going because that would mean being with the biscuits And that would mean maybe interacting with them. But she'll go just to support Mrs. Twombly and see that doorknob. Because Mrs. Twombly loves doorknobs. I'm... We... Am I weird about her obsession with doorknobs? Because it's like... It's not the weirdest thing in the show. It just it just keeps happening, you know. So then uh the event comes which I think is a different day. And Roger walks into the Little Spat shop with a hammer and is tossing it about. Uh Blythe and Twombly walk out with new outfits and Roger asks who designed them, softballing to praise Blythe. But Blythe downplays it and says that they just got it from the shop down the street. But she accessorized. Roger wonders if Blythe helped Mrs. Twombly, but Blythe said that that's all Twombly style. And it's not terrible like it was last time. I I think the colors work this time. But it is distinctly elderly, if I do say so myself. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. So, uh, Twombly thanks Roger for looking over the shop, and Roger says he's going to do some fixing around here. Uh... Blythe tells him not to hurt himself, and uh, Roger then immediately proceeds to drop the hammer on his foot. He, like, pretends he's fine and gives a thumbs up, but he's clearly in pain. (laughs) And, like, 
because I pause the episode to take notes, I did manage to pause on like the goofiest face that Roger has given out. It looks like a thing on a mascot or a bobblehead. And it is amazing. So, uh, Blythe and Twombly leave. And then Roger lets out a howl. And Sunil and Vinny are still watching that werewolf movie. And getting freaked out by Roger. Vinny and Sunil are scared. And Sunil grabs onto Vinny. And Vinny breaks free saying, I don't remember saying that that was okay. Which... Good for you, littlest pet shop. Teach the kids about consent. And then he hears Roger scream again. And Vinny agrees to it this time. And, like, holds on as well. Again. Good lesson in consent. Anyway. (laughs) I, I love this show. Anyway, uh, they peek around the corner and see Russell's silhouette and hear a noise again and freak out some more. Russell then noticed that a flashlight is projecting his shadow on the wall and that his stomach is rumbly and says that he should lay off the kibble because it's not sitting right with him. So Sunil and Vinny note Russell's general appearance, like his claws, his spiky hair, and his breath. And then conclude that Russell, who is a hedgehog, is a werewolf. This has to be a coincidence. The show makes weird references, but they wouldn't do this one, right? There's no way. No way. So then Russell and Zoe are playing Go Fish while Vinny and Sunil plan to get the drop on Russell. They plan to use garlic to weaken him and prove that he's a werewolf by getting him to not show his reflection in the mirror. Cripes, I bungled that sentence. In in my notes, not not now. I, I saved it now, but now that I'm saying it, I dropped it again. But it was like a slight drop, like dropping a pillow onto the floor. It doesn't do much. Anyway, Russell continues playing, but then Vinny assaults him with the garlic on one side. And then Sunil uh, puts the mirror up to him from the other, and they back Russell into a corner. And uh, they believe that because they have Russell in a corner that uh, their suspicions are confirmed. And uh, they accuse Russell of being a hedge wolf. Well, okay, so at least they're using the correct terminology. Russell then says, so let me get this straight. You think I'm a lycanthrope? To which Vinny responds, No, we think you're a werewolf. Russell tries pointing out that they mean the same thing, but gives up and tells them that what they're doing is how they deal with vampires. I'm pretty sure if they had actually finished the movie instead of just 
watching part of it over the course of two days, they would know how to deal with werewolves. So uh, Sunil and Vinny reflect on this and ask Russell if he howled at the moon recently. Zoe wonders what's wrong with that because she likes howling at the moon. And then Russell turns it on her by saying dogs and wolves are closely related. And then Sunil and Vinny then interrogate Zoe and asks if she tore anything limb from limb recently. And Zoe looks nervous and looks at her mailman doll, which is torn up. And Sunil and Vinny come to the conclusion that Littlest Pet Shop has two werewolves and freaks out and climbs the play tree. And Zoe looks at Russell mad because he did this. He exacerbated the problem. Like, the, the first instance was Vinny and Sunil being caught up in their own delusions. But then Russell had to go and turn it on Zoe. Just, just for a laugh? Why did you do this, Russell? You're supposed to be the responsible one. <laughs> then again, I guess animals aren't the smartest, but... Come on! <laughs> you exacerbated the problem, Russell. <laughs> So, um, and then, uh, at the, yeah, seamless transition there, at the Biscuit Manor, the open house is in full swing. Mrs. Twomley notes Fisher's extensive art collection and wonders where the most precious item is. You know, maybe that's why Mrs. Twomley wants it. No, she's just really into doorknobs. She she probably has zero idea about what's going on with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Let's not complicate that any further and move on. Da, 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 da. So I will say that he does have some interesting art. Uh, one is just a man riding a walrus. That's that's fun. Another is uh like. The Son of Man painting, which is like the guy with the apple in front of his face, but instead of an apple, uh, it's a V with like eagle wings. And then a third is like Dolly's melting clocks, but with breakfast foods. So it's an interesting collection to say the least. So Blythe sees a painting of the twins on a horse and tells herself not to look them in the eye or else she'll lose her soul or whatever. So Fisher approaches the area and Twombly calls him out and he responds in kind, just muttering their names in a nasty way. And Blythe asks if they know each other, and they both respond, by reputation only. Twombly begins yelling softly about where he put the doorknob, but Blythe stops her and takes her off, and then sees the twins drinking something and decides to ask them. Uh... They ask, and after some, like, talk arounds about how much they don't want to talk to Blythe, uh, the Biscuits say that 
the only new doorknob they have is the one for Whitney's bathroom. Which, uh, I do want to point out, they are twins, but they have their own bathrooms. I guess that's just a perk of being rich. Man, that's not as weird as I thought it was. Well, to be fair, I did bring Kingdom Hearts into this episode. So, anything is not weird <laughs> compared to Kingdom Hearts. Don't get me wrong, I love Kingdom Hearts. But you have to admit, it's a bit weird. <laughs> so, uh, Mrs. Twombly rushes up to find it, and they make fun of her for it because they think she just needs to use the bathroom. I don't... I'm not going to bother figuring out why they're doing that. So Blythe thanks them, and they wonder why she's still talking to them. And then someone bumps into the twins, and in turn they spill uh, some drink onto Blythe. Blythe then also goes to look for the bathroom as well. Uh, Twombly is upstairs looking for the doorknob, and finds it only to be horrified because it is being used as an actual doorknob and not on display somewhere. Uh, she then goes full golem on it and like does the whole like like my precious thing but then like also like has a good voice talking about why she shouldn't take it but then like an evil voice saying I should take it and there's also a bit of weird phrasing used in uh, this exchange uh, it's when she's like you know the my precious side of golem golem and not the sweet side saying no don't do that uh, she says Fisher doesn't respect the knob. And I'm just going to leave it there because any further attempt to just go into that um, will just make it so this episode is explicitly rated. <laughs> anyway, um, as she is talking to herself, she pulls off the doorknob and freaks out about it and hides it in her purse as um, she hears someone uh, walking in the halls. And that someone is Blythe, who is complaining about the stain on her dress and goes into the bathroom. Uh, once she enters, Twombly just uh, puts the doorknob back in her purse and just, you know, wanders off. So at the pet shop, Vinny and Sunil are cowering in the corner about all of the werewolves around them. Penny Ling walks by and waves at them with extended claws. They use that as evidence for a werewolf, but Penny Ling says that she just got a mani-patty. Sunil seems to accept this at first, but then turns it around on her by saying that uh, you need to keep your claws... Uh, ready in case you need to tear apart a certain mongoose. But then Pepper comes over and says hi, and we see that she has sharp teeth. 
which again is proof for werewolves in um, Vinny and Sunil's mind. And they warn Pennyling of this, even though just seconds ago they were uh, like accusing her of being a werewolf as well. Russell then comes in and wonders if they're still on about this crazy notion of werewolves. Minka then comes in and starts freaking out as well. Russell tells her not to get caught up in it, but then Minka starts accusing Russell of being a werewolf as well. Uh, Vinny then throws a silver dog tray at them, and they all duck out of the way. They wonder what that was about, and Vinny points out that they're all werewolves because werewolves have an aversion to silver, so them ducking the silver dog tray proves it. Minka says that she just didn't want to get donked in the head by a silver dog tray. And, yeah, they all have, like, no, they don't all have the big heads. Like, Minka has a big head compared to the rest of her body. Like, Blythe, I guess. But everyone else's head seems to be proportional. Man... I don't know why I get myself into these situations where I'm now wondering about the head sizes of animals and how they evolve and did like did simians and like and like human like creatures I was going to say homos but you know that that's what they are they're homos not not homosexuals homo as in like homo sapien homo erectus etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway <laughs> Like, but then I was also thinking that, like, some monkeys and some humans in this universe also have heads proportional to the rest of their body. Why am I getting into this? Uh, uh, like, I, none of that was written down. None of that was written down. All of that came off the top of my head. And... You know, this is what happens. This is just what happens on this show. So, if this is your first episode of the Littlest Petcast, this is what you can expect from now on and throughout the backlog. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't even know why this uh, is happening. <laughs> oh god, where was I even? Where was I? So uh, everyone then starts accusing everyone else of being a werewolf. And then Russell says that this won't end well. And he's right, but you're also the one that took it further for no reason. You jokingly accused Zoe of being a werewolf. And this is where it led, Russell. You made your bed, now you lie in it. Don't write checks your mouth can't cash. So, Blythe is in the bathroom trying to get the stain off when Whitney comes in and closes the door and is shocked that Blythe is in the bathroom and demands to know what's going on. Uh, she tells Blythe to clean herself elsewhere because this is her bathroom. And... Uh, yeah, no, now that I'm thinking about it, why is this the closest bathroom? Like, 
Shouldn't there be like a guest bathroom or something? Why did Blythe go upstairs? There's probably a guest bathroom on the first floor. Then again, I guess she's right next to the stairs when it happened, but... I'm doing it again. And this is... This is what happens. Okay, so... uh, Blythe says that getting the stains out of this dress is impossible anyway, and goes for the door, only to rip off the half doorknob that wasn't in there and start panicking and shows Whitney what happened. And then Whitney starts panicking as well. Uh, She tries pushing the door out even though the door opens in. And furthermore, you can teleport. You did it this episode even so just teleport out if you don't want to be stuck in here you can do that or can she bum 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 we'll find out a little later because I got some crazy stuff planned so Whitney yells at the prospect of being locked in a room with Blythe so then um, back at the pet shop, everyone but Russell has gone tribal again. And Sunil has silver spoons to ward off people and to stir things. Uh, Zoe goes on the attack on Penny Ling, but then her tummy rumbles and she agrees with Russell about the kibble. Everyone starts to back away from Zoe, but Russell is fed up with this and tries to put a stop to everything by saying that there's no such thing as werewolves. But Vinny says that that's what a hedge wolf would want us to think. And then everyone looks at Russell. Uh, Whitney is still moping about the situation in the bathroom. And Blythe tries to make the best out of a bad situation. And offers to play a game of rock, paper, scissors for some soap. Whitney accuses her of being weird. And says that the soap is hers anyways and demands it. Uh, Blythe is less than enthused because she was trying to lighten the mood, but Whitney does not seem to be getting it. Uh, Blythe gives it to her and says that it's too bad that her dad isn't here because he could fix the door. So then we cut to Roger in the pet shop trying to fix things, but he keeps getting injured. And uh, the last of these (laughs) is Roger doing his own mini version of you can't touch this oh oh joy oh <laughs> uh, i can't i can't be mad cuz like like i can't this is this is too good like like he like he even says oh my word instead of oh my lord <laughs> cuz he's just that cheesy oh oh i love you roger never change never change roger <laughs> so uh he then injures himself and starts howling again so the pets are 
fully panicked. And then it cuts to a song. Instantly. Like it usually does. But this isn't just any song. This song is as thriller as it can get without being thriller. And also the dancers are werewolves and not zombies. Um, Like, it has, like, the, like, instrumental sounds of, like, the same instruments. It has, like, the same atmosphere. It even has, like, a Vincent Price-style introduction to the song. And, yeah, it it kind of has, like, the same feel to it. So, I mean, again, it's good. Like, pretty much all of the songs. And this one, a little more so, because, like, you know, it's Thriller. Thriller, nah. no one's gonna save you from the beast about to strike. <laughs> okay, I didn't plan that. That just happened. <laughs> no, but what I was saying, it's doubly uh, good because, like, you know, it's a parody of Thriller, and like, Thriller is a really good song. Like. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone that doesn't like Thriller. <laughs> anyway, so when the song stops, um, they're back in reality land, and Russell makes fun of them for that montage, and Mock roars, which sends everyone into a panic. Russell, you're trying to stop this. You're not trying to exacerbate it further. Why are you only indulging everyone in their paranoia? I'm starting to think you might not be a good person, Russell. <laughs> like, seriously. So at the at the biscuit bathroom, Whitney is pacing about and complaining about the situation. Blythe is like asking if she's freaking out and is kind of impressed by seeing a biscuit freak out. But when he goes on a rant about how biscuits don't freak out because we're perfect, we have the best parties, we have the best clothes, and everyone wants to be our friend. Except for you, of course. Blythe then points out that they haven't been exactly nice to her. And I would like to point out that uh, that last bit isn't necessarily true, I don't think. Because, like, I think everyone comes to their parties out of fear or something. I mean, I don't think that's actual friendship, but... I mean, if there are the, like, official or unofficially official mean girls of the school, I don't know how many people actually want to be their friends. So, anyway. Yeah, Blythe says that they haven't been nice to her. 
And Whitney says that it's Brittany that doesn't like her and she sticks to it because they're sisters and, you know, they're sisters. Uh, Blythe says that uh, she always wanted a sister, especially a twin, and then proceeds to imitate the biscuits. And Brittany goes along with it and starts laughing and having fun with Blythe. And then this alerts something in Brittany's mind that something is wrong. There's even a sound effect and like a brain sense that goes off. And she gets really worried and goes to look for Whitney. Uh, Brittany finds the bathroom door and asks if Whitney is in there. And Blythe says that they're both in there and tells her what happened. Uh, Brittany says, don't worry, I'll get you out before she does any real psychological damage. So you might be wondering, if she can teleport, why does she not teleport? Well, I will tell you. So as you all know by now, unless this is your first episode of The Littlest Petcast, that Whitney and Brittany are Omega-level mutants with a plethora of powerful abilities. But the catch to that is that they have to be near each other and visible to each other in order for the abilities to manifest. And when the abilities manifest, they become mean. But when they're depowering, they start becoming nicer and more uh, friendlier towards people, even people they don't get along with. And that is what alerted in Brittany's mind. Brittany sensed that she was losing her powers and sensed that something was wrong and that Whitney might be in trouble. And this is especially good news for people who don't like the antagonists. Because this means that the lingering biscuit is out of Blythe for good. Because, remember, I was not sure if the lingering biscuit was gone. But I can say it is because if, like, the inherent biscuit ability is in Whitney, and it is it would have latched on to the lingering biscuit and like she would still be mean and she would gain her powers and she would just teleport out of there. But because it's not there anymore, uh, she actually becomes nice. And uh, yeah, and they start losing their powers. I didn't think I was going to be bringing Lingering Biscuit back into this, but I'm glad I did, and I'm glad I can put that to rest now. 
Or maybe not. Maybe it'll come up again. You don't know. Things come up all the time on this podcast. Like I said, I mentioned Kingdom Hearts earlier. <laughs> Was not planning to do that. So, uh, back at the pet shop, everyone is cowering from Russell. And he asks if they still think he's a werewolf. Russell, you exacerbated the situation. Why would they not? And then in a panic, uh, Vinny accuses uh, Russell of being, among other things, a werehog. So they said it. They said it. I'm still not fully convinced that this isn't that. But it's highly likely that maybe, you know? So, Russell uh, then points out that he might have some traits of a werewolf, but it's because he's an animal, and animals have, like, animalistic traits. And also, the sun is out, and werewolves only come out during a full moon at night. And uh, everything seems to have been calmed down. But then when uh, Sunil and Russell shake hands, Sunil gets freaked out again, which leaves Russell exacerbated, which you, you did this to yourself, Russell. You did this to yourself. You could have calmed things down earlier, but you just didn't, okay? Uh, so um, Twombly is looking for Blythe, and then she sees the line for the bathroom and thinks it's just a line for the bathroom. But then she hears Brittany complaining about the situation and notices that it's the one where she stole the doorknob. And that she realizes that uh, Blythe and Whitney are stuck in the bathroom now. Uh, Brittany says that the decontamination room is ready for them when they get out. And, uh, like, the butler, Francois says that someone stole the doorknob and then uh, Twombly comes back with the doorknob and just puts it back in trying to play it off like it was a mistake which it kind of half was she was like kind of crazy about that doorknob and just it happened okay and uh, she lets them out uh, Blythe and Whitney are laughing with each other and Brittany is in shock but then Whitney turns on Blythe and asks her to leave Blythe tries to salvage it but she gives up and just leaves so back at the shop Twombly uh, is uh, admiring her doorknob collection and wondering why she got carried away like that about a doorknob like that. Even though it is a charm for a keyblade. But like I said, she doesn't know that. Probably. Anyway, uh, Twombly asks if she embarrassed Blythe. To which Blythe gestures to an injured Roger. And says, not more than that guy. Roger, like... Thanks, sir. Because, like, they had a moment afterwards. 
and begins to work again on the pet shop. And Blythe goes to ask the pets what was going on while she was away. Uh, they explain that they think there are werewolves in the building, and Blythe doesn't believe them. But then Roger howls again, and Blythe gets caught up in it as well. And that is where the episode ends. I did not think that this episode would get as crazy as it did, but that's what the podcast is. And I love doing it for that reason. Because that's kind of what the show is. You think it's just like a normal tame show, but then it just does weird stuff on you. And I guess this episode of the podcast represents this show in general, more or less. And uh, so I guess this might... No, it's not. It's not a good first episode of the podcast to jump in on. I was going to say that, but no, that is absolutely not true. Anyway, that does it for this episode of The Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments and ratings on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they have the charm for the Keyblade that can open the door to a thousand hearts and be sure to tune in next time for the episode frenemies later Pow-wow, the Indian boy loved all the animals in the West. We will, we will rock you. Tusk, well, they ran through the briars and they ran through the bramble and they ran through the places where a rabbit wouldn't go. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves, we heard it from the people of the town. Tusk, high on a hill was a lonely goat herd, lady, or lady, or lady, he who. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Tusk! Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates, you've got a brand new key. Tusk! Admiral Halsey notified me he had to have a bath or he couldn't get to sleep. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. In your Easter bonnet with all the frills upon it. One night in Bangkok makes a strong man crumble. Chicks and ducks and geese better scurry. When I take you out in a surrey, we were merely freshmen. Oh, Susanna, now don't you cry for me. Cause I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Tusk!